welcome to Everything Went Black podcast. For this episode, I'd like to welcome Josh Griffiths, decorated BJJ competitor and founder of Clockwork Jiu-Jitsu here in New York. Gavin Van Black, who's been on the podcast a few times, made the introduction, and we met up at Clockwork at the tail end of one of the classes. Before we get into the podcast, I just want to thank everybody for um, supporting the site, checking out the podcast, reading the blog, all that sort of stuff. If you're into what we're doing here, just uh, you know, try to leave a review on iTunes. It helps us in our standing. And uh, you know, if you feel like it, just drop me a line with some ideas. If any anyone you want me to reach out to and talk to, just let me know. So here we go with Josh. Oh yeah, just one quick thing. Um, I would apologize for the sound quality. Uh, you know, there are less than ideal situations, but you'd think I would know better since uh, you know I pretend to be this sort of audio engineer. But anyway, don't be scared, homie. Enjoy. Clockwork Jiu-Jitsu, New York City. So, Josh, what started you in martial arts? Did you start in Jiu-Jitsu or did you train other martial arts? Um, when I was in high school, I, I did Kung Fu for like four or five months. and I thought it was cool, but it didn't really like grab me. Right. And then I went to, uh, when I was in college, I went to the Ultimate Fighting Championship in the Meadowlands in like 2001 and I saw the jiu-jitsu and you know I I started the I think the next day or like two days later and uh, it took me like a little while to get super into it but pretty soon I was just training all the time where, where did you first start training at? Uh, I used to train at the Alliance School in oh, okay, New York yeah. City yep. it's, a, it's a pretty well renowned you know, yeah, school yeah it's a good yeah. school and um, did you train any striking initially, or you know, uh, you know, kung fu? No, really. <laughs> you know, like, like it was never like I never really, I never really like aspired to do MMA or strike. I just like like jujitsu. I just found to be really addictive. Um, I actually remember my first class. There was some guy there, and he, I think he told me he was like a pro golfer or a semi-pro golfer. Right, and he. He gave me this whole spiel about how he played sports his whole life, and jiu-jitsu is the most addictive sport, and I was like, I can relax, I'm probably going to sign up, bro. You don't have to tell me so hard, and, yeah. you know, like, 13 years later, 12 years later, like, it's, you know, jiu-jitsu is my whole life, you know, huge part of my life. What is it about jiu-jitsu, you think, that is so addictive, you know, because, like, you talk to, uh, talk to a lot of different people who train, like, you know, um, it's just something that a lot of people grab a hold of. Yeah, and just get obsessed with it. You know, you know what I think. Like um, for me, I, I always played played sports. I played basketball and soccer in high school. Um, played like intramural sports in college. I lifted weights a lot. Um, and in high school, I also played chess a lot. Um, played chess, and and for me, I also went to school for engineering. So it's like problem solving. I also went to school for engineering. Yeah, yeah. and I think, um, obviously I'm a little biased, but I think the engineering approach for jiu-jitsu is one of the best ones, because um, you view it as problem solving. Right. And that's all it is. It's yeah. just a continuous, continuously changing problem, you know? And I think what's so uh, addictive or attractive, whatever you want to call it about jiu-jitsu, is the fact that 
it's a deep rabbit hole, you know? Yeah, definitely. You show up the first day and you, you have no idea really what's going on. I think now people probably have a better idea because the UFC is so prominent. Um, but, you know, you put on the gi for the first time and you get your butt kicked by some like, skinny little kid. And you're like, wow, I got a lot to learn about how to use my body, how to defend myself, you know, and, and definitely about the, the, the sport or the art, however right. you want to classify it. Um, so that was the big thing for me is it really embodied the things I like, you know, it involved problem solving and then there was definitely an athletic component to the thing, allows you to stay in amazing shape and you can, if you're diligent, you can literally improve every single time you go on the mat. You know, I don't really think there's anybody that does, but if you make that, you know, it's, there's, you always have your throwaway days. Yeah. But you know, I, can, I can see what you're saying. You know, yeah. there's, there's like, uh, even if it's just something like conditioning or something, yeah. you know, it's like if you consistently go, you'll, you realize, well, you know, I made it, I made it one more round or totally, you know, I'm not as gassed at the end of class as I was yesterday or the day before, you know, but I think, uh, like maybe the technically it might take you a little bit longer to sort of get a grasp of the techniques and stuff but yeah i, I agree with you yeah like you, you can i mean if you if you're diligent like yeah. literally every day you can improve yeah so now you mentioned something very important it's like day one of training sure know, which is something that i think specifically with jujitsu or maybe grappling in general maybe jujudo as well um there's like a, a very ego destroying sort of equalizer that happens with you know grappling or jiu-jitsu sure, yeah. that isn't necessarily present with like say Muay Thai where you can go for a year and not really have to spar with anybody or just work yeah, on the pads or something yeah. you know but like I feel like jiu-jitsu is like sort of like the reality of the situation sort of grabs you like right away you know I, I think there's like the, the a huge part of why like jiu-jitsu can be so like ego destroying or like yeah. think almost like yo this is where you really stand totally, totally. <laughs> is, is yeah. the idea that um, there's really nothing that prepares you for the conditioning especially when you're on the bottom yeah you know on top like I guess you could say wrestling and judo there's a lot of crossover there in terms of what you're doing when you're on top right but when you're in a bad spot and you got a big dude laying on you and especially in the beginning you don't know what to do so you're doing the wrong thing. Yes. <laughs> you know, it feels like drowning. Yeah. yeah you're and, using uh, your arms. And yeah, you're you know, pushing. Your arm bar, yeah, you don't yeah. understand leverage, really. Yep. And then you get, like, yeah, you get arm barred or choked. And then yep. you're like, okay, let's do it again. And you get thrown down. And I think it's, it's really interesting to see people's first class and see how they approach it. And I, I think you really get two types of guys. You get guys that just, like, they fight like hell. And then you get guys that are a little more, like, contemplative. And they're kind of just trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And they're okay with losing. They don't view it as, like, a competitive thing. They're like, what is what is this? Like, what's happening here? Yeah. And I, think, I, I see those guys get better a lot faster. I think that you can't, like, like except for maybe outside of, like, a tournament or something. But, like, you can't really look at each individual round as a competition in some Oh, 100%. You, know, you yeah. have to look at, like, where I'm going to be at, like, six months from now or a year from now. You have to kind of have a long view. You know, and unless unless you have that long view, I feel like you're you're, you're not going to make it really. There's no way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're not in it for like the long haul, like it's it's a really hard hard thing to do. You know, you have to really invest for the uh, the future and the idea that like like every day I'm going to make an incremental improvement, whether it's just like a slight understanding of a position or like the introduction of a new technique or just refining something. Um, but if you if you if you're looking at the scoreboard every round, it's a hard, it's a hard game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's um, there's a, a video 
Well, it's more it's more like an audio piece that Hiron uh, Gracie has about losing. I don't know if you've heard that. Oh, uh, no. Oh, dude, I'll send it to you. Okay, cool. It's something that I like, especially Mondays. You know, like Monday, you, might, you got a couple days off, you know, you're a little slow. Sure. You're like, ah, do I don't want to go down, I don't want to roll today. And it's just like you, you kind of... His whole point is like walking through the door and walking on the mat. It's like ninety percent of, of getting oh, it done. There, there's, you know, there's a lot of these, these. Uh, I guess we could just call them what they are. They're cliches. Like, yeah. Like, uh, sure. like a black belt is a white belt that never gives up or never stops training. Like these kind of things. But that's exactly what they are. Yeah. Because there's, like, there's kids that come in and they start jujitsu. You know, any school, and they're super athletic. And there's always a couple people. Like, oh, that guy's gonna be good. That guy's gonna be good. But that's, like athleticism, I don't feel is the best indicator of like future ability. Like the best indicator is like, is he gonna come every day? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is he? Does he have a good mind for the sport? You know, and, and those are the guys I see get really good because like yeah, you can build the athleticism. I firmly believe you can build the athleticism, but you can't, or it's much harder to build the technique without the right mindset and to build the like the tactics and the strategy that it takes to be. To be good or proficient at jiu-jitsu without like the, the proper approach to it. Yeah, and also just the, the, the repetition of coming every day. And, yeah, uh, it's it's you know it's yeah. it, it's funny like uh, when I first started jiu-jitsu, there's there's a guy there and, and he said uh, all your friends, none of your friends will start jiu-jitsu until you're a purple belt. That's what he told me. I don't know where he came up with it, but the, the problem is that like. If you're going to train as much as you have to to get to purple belt, you're not going to have a lot of friends that don't train. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know? That's true. Yeah. Like, and, and it really becomes all all encompassing. It becomes a big part of your social life, um, or at least your social outlet. I just want to take a little tangent here. Sure. You mentioned that you're into like punk and hardcore. Yeah, right? definitely, man. Yeah, because you know Gavin. Gavin Van Black trains here. Yeah, Gavin. Gavin on, he's awesome, man. Yeah, he's been on the podcast. He just got times. his purple belt. Yep, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. That's great. Congratulating yeah. him on that. So, um. One of the things that, because you know, I come from you know music background, sure. or whatever, and, and the uh, the thing that I really appreciated about training is just how like the sort of cross section of people that you get to meet. Oh yeah, training. man! I think um, you know, like like we can look on the mat right now. You know, it's like it's like this guy's a super producer, got a cop. I don't know what he does. Accountant, <laughs> you know. This guy writes for Vice. There's oh, nice. It's just like you get a lot of cool people that are attracted to it. And it, I really do think it takes a special kind of mind or approach yeah. to really get into jiu-jitsu. And that's right. that's the bond most people have with it. You know, it's not that everyone who does jiu-jitsu is like a fireman. You know, it's, yeah, it it's more like this yeah. approach to sports or this approach kind of to, to life or improving at things that, that really allows you to, to bond with people. Yeah, one, one of the things that I, I liked was, you know, just like I said, coming out of like punk and a hardcore scene. You're sort of always around like you're like, the same social group of people. You know, Definitely, and it's man. Just, like there's a certain mindset and a certain repetition and a certain sameness to all your, your the people in your circle. I think it's also like like very much like like punk rock like shows, like where the, the idea is like you go to these tournaments or whatever and like the competitors are sitting right like the best guys in the world are sitting right next to you in the stands you know yeah and uh same with like punk like you can you know like I saw Rancid at the black and blue bowl and like oh yeah you're on stage and you're right next to like 
the musician. You know, you're yeah, like, they're right there in the audience. They're right there. Yeah, the show yeah, and that's that's yeah. the thing that that I think is is really cool about jujitsu is that it's still very grassroots and there's so much access. You know, it's it's I think it's a lot like like skateboarding was in the '90s. You know, where like before it started to get really big. Yeah. You know, where like you just you go to the spot like like I don't know, like the banks used to be a yeah. big spot. You know, right. like the best guys in New York are there. Yeah. And, and you could just be some kid, some new jack kid trying yeah. to learn to skate and like, they're there. Yeah, they're you know? Yeah, very, it's just like, they're, you're so close to them. So you were, um, you are talking about, uh, we were talking, touched briefly on tournaments and whatnot. So you, you have sure. extensive experience in, in uh, you know, yeah, yeah, decorated, could, yeah. you know, Naga, like, you sure. know, Abu Dhabi, you know, the Canadian trials. Yeah. So how was that? Like, what, what prompted um, you to get into the competitive aspects of jiu-jitsu? So I, I, I really like, uh, you know, I was like a kid, I was in college, I lifted weights, I was kind of strong, and, and I thought, it, you know, when you're young, you, you think you're like, you have something to prove, I think. I think that's why people compete. I, I can't, I mean, if you got nothing to prove, I don't know why you compete. Oh, that's a good point. You know, like you want to show you, you have it, or yeah. you're tough enough to do it, or you still have it, you know? Um, and I just, I was like, oh, I'm going to try one of these things. And I went, I did like, I think my first tournament was like a, a Naga. And I won the first match. I lost the second match. And I got third. And then the next one I did, I got second. And I did the next one and I, I won all my matches and I submitted everybody. And I was really excited. Um, and, and I kind of, at that point, I had the bug. Like, it's really fun to win. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It's really fun to win. Um, and and then I just started competing a lot and it's really like like the it's it's like it's the outlet. Especially I think I think now I think competitions are so frequent. You know, There's when I started they're a they're yeah. a little less There's frequent and I don't really know what's better. Um But I think competition's a great way to test your jiu-jitsu, it's a great way to kinda see where you stand. Right. Uh, and and go from there. Also, like um, you know, you, you train at school and you roll with the same guys a lot of times. Sure, and you kind of want to see how your thing, yeah. how your stuff works against somebody else. Right. I think that's what people want. Yeah, different strengths at different schools. You know. I think it's it's interesting. Like now that you have like those guys that are like kids that are blue belts that like drop out of high school to, to compete in jujitsu, and then they're or to train jujitsu, whatever, yeah. and they're going up against. You know, like a guy who's 27, he did jiu-jitsu for a year, maybe two years, and he trains three or four days a week, and the kids kids are training, like, all the time now. Yeah. I think it's really interesting to see how it's going to push the sport. Uh, I think there, there's going to be an element of it where it, it's uh, it's really discouraging for the hobbyist to try to compete. The Just hobbyist? I mean, that guy maybe goes like two or three times a week. Two or three times a week. Like, yeah. there's, there's really... Like the reality is, it's going to be very hard for them to win. Yeah, yeah. You know, definitely. Just because, like, I'm sure. I, I don't know how it is. I'm sure there's guys where you train like that. There's guys here. You know, they train twice a day. Yeah. Five days a week. Oh yeah, there's a lot of. And they lift. Like and they lift weights. You know, yeah. maybe they train three days, three times a day if they can find a way to do it. You know. Yeah. yeah. And you can't, you can't make that up. No. <laughs> you know, there's not. You can't get enough quality. Into like three practices a week to to keep up with fifteen practices a week. Yeah, that's that's the thing, man. That's what really separates you know? people. I think. I think, and I think like ultimately they'll have to find a way to kind of 
delineate that. Like I watch like the the Pan Ams and the Worlds, and you see the level of like purple belts now is so high. It's really high, like technically. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a technical level I don't think you can get to unless you commit. Well, the other thing too is like if you're training that much, that's sort of like an unsustainable like sort of level. I mean, you, how how long can you really keep something like that up for? You know, yeah, I think it's, it's, months, it's challenging. Months, yeah, you know, you're gonna have to either burn out or like modify your, your your approach to it a little bit. You know. Yeah, I I think it's it's um uh, or you gotta, you gotta find a way to train that much. You know, yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're explaining that you're, uh, you had an engineering background. Yeah. And, um, what school did you go to? I went to Stevens okay, in Hoboken. Yeah. And what you said was it? Like Computer cat? engineering. Oh, okay. You know, so I, I went to. I grew up in San Diego. I went to high school in San Diego. Okay. And then I went to high school in New Jersey and then San Diego. Right. Okay. And then um, I wanted to come back to the East Coast. I, I thought I, I might go a little too crazy if I lived in New York. So so Hoboken was a good uh, alternative for me. Yeah. And then. Um, I went to school for computer engineering. That's when like the dot com thing was yeah, was a big deal. Yeah, it was like hot, and I was like, oh cool, I'll get a computer degree and like get some stock options and <laughs> life's over. You know, just hang out on the beach. Yeah. You know, and then the whole dot com thing kind of went away, and I, I wasn't that into any of like the internships I'd done. I was like, this isn't really for me. Um, so how did you start here at, uh, at Clockwork? So I started at Clockwork. I um uh, I was teaching at. I opened Clockwork in 2009. Okay. Uh, we used to be on 14th Street. Now we're uh, Broadway between was, was that, and Bleecker. Was that like a more real? Because I think, I think like I thought about training here a couple of years ago, not not too long ago. Sure. Yeah. You, we, you guys are still on we, 14th. Yeah, we moved to this this new location downtown um, last March. Oh, We've okay, only been so, here a year. Oh yeah. So it's, yeah, you know? just just a, just a little bit over a year. Just a little over a year. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And before that, we were on 14th between 5th and 6th. Right. Right. Yeah, because initially yeah. that's where I thought you guys still were there. Yeah, okay. so we're down here now. Like, I, I like this neighborhood a lot better. Uh-huh. It's um, it's just more in the mix. Yeah, I, I like it better. I like downtown. I like the people that are downtown. That's it's where I hang out. It's where I live. So sure, I don't I don't like going up above Fourteenth Street. <laughs> so how long have um, how long has the school been in existence? Uh, we started clock, I started Clockwork in two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Okay. So just about four, a little over four years. Um, it's going great, man. You can see a lot of people training. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's really like, like one of the things I always wanted to do was like, was, was teach in a way that's super accessible. Like I, I see like, uh, there's a lot of like athletic kids that want to do jujitsu and like, we got some of them here and I teach them and they get better really fast. But I, I like to do like jujitsu that that everyone can do. Right. I like to teach in a way that like just like normal people can understand. Like you don't have to wrestle in college, <laughs> you know, to, yeah, to to pick it up and understand it. So so really like my, my big focus now is on teaching and like coming up with like good curriculums, uh, focusing on the details that make sense to people and make the techniques easy to learn. Now in the United States. Do you feel that uh, the U.S. is actually sort of coming more into its own with, with progressing jiu-jitsu? I mean, yeah. I think it's... You know, things like rubber guard and all this other stuff that's sort of um, happening now. I don't know about rubber. Like, I haven't really seen a lot of guys win, like, high-level stuff with rubber guard. Right. But definitely in terms of, like, uh, there's a lot of American kids winning big stuff now. Yeah. 
think probably like the Rafael Lovato Jr. Just amazing. Uh, one of my good good friends, JT Torres, he's really good jiu-jitsu. Um, that kid Keenan Cornelius is amazing. He's doing, he's killing it right now. Um, so I think I think like the American competitor is growing, right. and I think it's also a function of the fact or a, a function of the fact that like all the best guys are in America now. They all I mean yeah, actually, almost yeah. all of them live here. Instructor wise, I mean, definitely. Yeah, yeah, instructors and yeah. also like uh, the most decorated competitors. I think they're almost all here. You know, maybe Rodolfo Vieira is still in Brazil. And some of the Alliance guys are still in Brazil, some of the Atos guys, but most like yeah. the Mendes brothers, Calvao, Pamela Bahal. Draculino's here. Yeah, Draculino's here as an instructor. Marcelo is a great teacher. Marcella. He's in New York. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know, but we finally, we finally have a new location. Oh, now. good. I know you guys yeah. are having a little trouble. Like, yeah, yeah. You kind of bounce around. Well, we, uh, we had a flood in the, in the original school um, back in like, uh, September of last year. And then um, we went into this thing of training at Chelsea Piers for a while. And that was stable until Hurricane Sandy hit. Yeah. And then that wiped out the facility there, too. So there was um, another temporary facility somewhere like on, I think, 57th Street. And there was like one or two classes a day. And I, I during that period, I couldn't. I couldn't even make it to the classes, so that's uh, that's gotta be tough. Like if you're used to training at Chelsea Piers, then to go all the way up to 57th Street. And yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but but in January we were on uh, we're on 26th between 7th and 8th now. The grand opening back in January. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it's like a great place now. It's like you know everyone's finally like settling in. You know, right. and I'm like, oh, great, this place is going anywhere. It's for you know. It's it, actually there's a lot of like you know yoga and other martial arts places in the building too. Oh, so, cool! So it's cool. it's a good it's a good spot. You know we we had the grand opening back in January. And, you know it's, it's been going really well over there so far. Good yeah. man, that's good. Good to hear he's doing. I mean he's dedicated his whole life to jiu-jitsu. It's oh good yeah. To see him getting it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's cool. Like him and his wife uh, Tatiana, they they run the place, and uh, you know it's for me it's been a real positive experience. Like the whole. The whole trip of like training with a guy like that because it, I don't know if you if you know him very well, but yeah, I know him. He's like about. always smiling, man. Yeah, he's happy. Guy. I don't know anybody who's always smiling, and that yeah. dude's always got a smile on his face. He's always got good things to say to you, man. And then yeah. like he puts you through one of his brutal warm ups after that, you know. And <laughs> you wonder how a guy smiles so much, yeah. you know. But uh, but yeah. So what do you got coming up, man? You got any, any, are you still competing or? You, you know, I'm really just focusing on my students right now. Um, I competed. I went to the Abu Dhabi Pro a couple times in, over in the Middle East, and uh, that's that's a trip. You know, if you ever get to go over there. Yeah, let's talk about that, man. Yeah. Like, what what was that? What was the whole process of, of getting getting to that point? Uh, I went in 2010 and 2011, right. and I hadn't competed for like three years. I think two okay. or three years, and then uh, I uh, I had a tournament. I didn't really perform as well as I would have liked to. And then I was like, let's try this this Abu Dhabi Pro thing in Canada. I got a passport. I can get in. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So we went up there. And I didn't really, I had no idea what to expect. You know, I didn't really know what the level was going to be like in Canada. Um, and I had, I think I had four matches. And I submitted the first three guys and I won the last match on points or advantage or something like that. And I was like, oh, wow. Now I'm, I'm going to Abu Dhabi. You know, and you get to like, I think it's out of J, you get to JFK at like midnight. Like, yeah, the flight takes hour. off at midnight. Yep, yep. And um, it's a long flight. It's an awfully long flight. 
Um, and the way back was even longer because do you remember it was like a volcanic eruption in like Iceland or something? Yeah, Iceland. Yeah, it was Iceland. Yeah. So we had to like detour, so oh. it was even longer on the way back, which was wow. Long enough. And the flight, the flight was packed because everyone was getting rerouted. Yeah, yeah. So that was hard. Yeah. But Abu Dhabi is like a wild place, man. They, I think the Abu Dhabi Pro is the best tournament. Um, and, and I think that because they, they take good care of the competitors and they pay cash prizes. Oh, wow. That's nice. Um, I think just like once someone gets to the black belt level and they're, they're dedicating their life to this, like they should be getting paid. Absolutely. Like, like I see like, like I know like finally the IBJJF or mm-hmm. CBJF, yep. it's called, they're, um, they're finally doing like some tournaments where they pay. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're doing really well. They should be paying people, you know? Well, also, just real quick, um, for, for some of the listeners who haven't, who don't know about a jiu-jitsu tournament, you know, like in a Muay Thai match, there's like maybe one, you, have, you fight once. Yeah, you fight once. Yeah. But in, in you fight once and you know who you're going to fight. Yeah, and then like, but in a jiu-jitsu tournament, you might, you might fight. Yeah, like, you know. so, you know, it's just a bracket, yeah. you know? So if there's 16 guys, it's four fights. Yeah. 32 is five, and it, and it goes on and on. Um, and you don't know who you're going to fight. Right. You can't. So it's, it's you, you, at the bigger tournaments, you have an idea of who's going to be there. You can kind of study if you want to study, but it, it, it's still it's it's still tough, you know, to figure out who you're gonna who you're gonna go against. And like it's they're always the schedules are always screwed up. <laughs> you have no idea when you're gonna go. Right. And I think uh, that's one of the things I try to teach the guys is that look, nobody knows when they're gonna go, and nobody knows when the best time to eat is. And everybody's tired before their last match, you know? I noticed that you've uh, competed at a couple of different weight classes. Yeah. So what, you know, do you typically, have you typically uh, had more success at a lighter weight class or, you know, uh, like, how do you manage your weight? You know, my, my weight doesn't change a lot. Okay. It's just like the tournaments will have different cutoffs. Yep. And... I'm like 32. I'm not gonna cut weight. I'm yeah, not gonna yeah. sit and yeah, you're not gonna like I'm like I'm like pounds. past that. Like and like with the Abu Dhabi tournament, I think I had to get down under like 181. Okay. And I I can't. Like I haven't weighed that since high. Like I probably could if I really wanted to, but I'm like 188 right now. Right. And I'm pretty lean. And I feel yeah. Like you know, like yeah. I'm kind of like a jerk when I don't. Don't get to eat carbohydrates. Oh, yeah, so that affects your mood big time. Yeah, if if you can if you can cut weight and be nice to everybody in your life, good for you. But I can't do it. Good night, Karen. (laughs) Yeah. Now I was wondering about that because I saw like you had you had a couple of different weight classes that you were listed at, and I was like, I was wondering. I used to do medium heavy. Okay. Um, but the other thing is like all these tournaments have different names. Yeah, the the weight classes change. Yeah. Like like jujitsu is not very standardized yeah you know like one tournament says if you're under 190 you're a cruiser weight and the other says you're a heavyweight and there's another one that says you're a light heavyweight right you know and for all those abu dhabi tournaments i did under 203 okay and i just could like i couldn't make 181 so i just did that and i was way smaller than all those guys how did you find that like you know as far as like, physical it's okay um physically physically it, it wasn't it didn't kill me you know like the reality is like I just fought tough guys, you know, yeah, like yeah. the first one, the first time I fought a guy who lived over there and I beat him and then I fought, uh, Amla Bahal. Okay. Yeah. He beat me. He's really yeah, good. The guys, you know? the guys are like, yeah. 
the, the second time I went back, I fought uh, Adolfo Vieira, and then I fought this. Yeah, I fought him Nogi, and then I fought this guy named. I think it's Antonio Carlos. He won the Pan Am Absolute last year. Okay, I don't recognize He's just that good. Name. Okay. He's got like a nick. I forget his name. Um, but he's good. He beat me. Beat me by like two. And I always, the cool thing is I always got to fight really tough guys in that tournament. I fought Bruno Frizzato. Uh He beat me by decision. Um, and I fought Claudio Calzans the year he won the weight and the absolute. He beat me by advantage. And like, that's an awesome experience, man. Those guys are awesome. They're so good at jiu-jitsu. And they, you know, they all started when they were kids. They dedicated their whole life to it. And it's, it's, uh, it's really cool to get to compete against guys that level. What do you prefer, gi or no gi, or does it matter? I like the gi a lot better. Really? You know? I like the gi a lot better. Uh, because I feel like it's a, it's more of an equalizer. You know, you can have a guy who, who's pretty good, and he goes against a super strong guy, not in the gi, and yeah, super really... strong guy's got a shot. You know, yeah. he's probably, you know? And in the gi, they'd never have the shot, you know? Um, I, I think the gi's more technical. You know, you can debate it. But for, for me, I started in the gi. I didn't even train no gi until I was already purple ball. Oh. Okay. You know, so that's probably a big part of my bias. Yeah. Too, you know, I've done it three or four years less. Um, but I like the gi. You know, I'd say we're, we're definitely more of a gi school. Like we train in the gi five days a week and no gi two days a week. Um, so for me, that's, I love the gi. I think it's fun. Yeah. We, we have a pretty equal amount of classes, gi, no gi yeah. over Marcellus. You know, a lot of times there'll be, be like multiple mixing of like one class of a gi, the next class, next hour will be a new gi class. And, you know, I'm sort of on the fence about it. There are things I definitely like about the gi. I think they both, the thing that is great about no gi is that it makes you a lot better at the gi. Yeah. And, and I think the gi makes you a lot better at no gi. So they really complement each other. Yeah. And, and you should be okay with that. I think, I think a lot of people kind of sell themselves short. Like, they show up their first day, like an intro class or whatever, and they're like, yeah, I'm a no-gi guy. It's like, no offense, but you're not even a guy yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, just train. Try them both. Yeah. You know, after like a year or two years, you're like, yeah, you know, I really hate the gi or I really don't feel like it's making me better. And cool, you know, don't do it anymore, but give it a shot because I really think it'll make everyone better at no-gi, and I think no-gi makes you better at the gi. I make sure to train no-gi two, three times a week, too. Yeah, I mean, I, for me personally, I just like the, uh, you know, the, the sort of martial arts tradition of it. The, the sport started, the, sure, it started yeah. out in that in that realm, you know, so I feel like to be a, you know, a jiu-jitsu practitioner, you should at least have the basics of that instead of going directly into like yeah, a no-gi situation. I, I, I totally, I totally think it's true, and I think, like, one thing that's interesting is the way, like, the sport has evolved, and, and you kind of see how, like, you definitely see how people could be like, well, I train Nogi. That could never happen in Nogi. <laughs> you know, a lot of like the the, uh, the lapel passing. Yeah, right, yeah. The sleeve grips. Yeah, stuff like that. And some of like the, the newer guards, you're just not going to see them uh, in Nogi. But I, I, I think it, I just really think it makes you better. The other, the other big, big factor in Nogi too is just like sweat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Dudes get slippery yeah, and like slippery it's easier to hold. It's stuff harder slides to hold out, out people, you, know? you know. And I think like like a lot of people are like, yeah, well the gi, they're like the gi's not real. I was like, no gi's not real. Like neither of them are real, real. Like yeah. like when's the last time you saw like 
a dude walking around in like rash guards and like <laughs> like venom shorts or whatever. I don't know what the coolest shorts are this week. Yeah. You know, but, you know, like that's just as ridiculous. As, yeah. Not totally. You know, it's been, in the winter, the geese probably more realistic than no gi. Yeah. You know, like you understand how to manipulate someone's body using the clothes. The only, the, only reason, the only thing that I could see maybe guys who are coming out of like catch wrestling or just a wrestling background, they might be more accustomed to, to training yeah, I, without, I, the, you know. I'm sure they are, or, you know, like yeah. in wrestling guys are more accustomed to. And, but I, I really feel like the gi is going to make them better. And no gi makes like guys who never trained no gi better. You know, it helps you more with your like positioning. Yeah. Maybe a guy trained here a little while ago and he was explaining to me how he feels like the gi really teaches you your grips and what grips are important and how to control with the grips and, and no gi kind of teaches you where to have your body a little more and how to scramble properly. Yeah, and, yeah I can see that. And if you have the grips and your body in the right place, you're going to be better. So there's there's no reason not to do both. Have you heard the, uh, I, I was talking to Gavin about this, the, the Tim Time Bomb stuff? Tim Time Bomb. It's like Tim from Rancid. I haven't heard that. He's doing like, it, it's really cool. And he's putting out like a song a day. Really? Uh, and they're all free on YouTube. He's like at 160 songs or something like this. Wow. So he's done like five or six months of that song. Did and, you see? Uh, super cool. There was like uh, on Netflix. There's like this um, Johnny Ramone like tribute thing where like uh, Tim Armstrong. No, I didn't see did, it. Did like uh, some Ramones covers. No, I'll check it out. Yeah, it was it's on actually, Netflix. It's on Netflix streaming, man. It's okay. actually it's pretty cool because I, you know, I'm sure you too probably love the Ramones. Yeah, like, I love yeah, them. Like that was my first punk rock show ever. Yeah. Oh, you saw that? That's cool. Oh yeah, like back in like the '80s. I man. saw. I only got to see like the Remains. Oh, and they played it like oh yeah <laughs> at the Continental a couple times. Yeah, and uh, it was like they had like you know Henry Rollins, the, the, uh, you know Commando, and like um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers played some songs. There was like Tim Armstrong did a bunch of covers. Uh, you know what's his name? That dude from Pearl Jam sang some Eddie stuff. Eddie yeah. <laughs> It was just cool. You know, yeah. anyone it's cel- anytime the Ramones get celebrated, you know, I think it's. I cool. think that's great, man. I think they they're kind of like. Uh, they're like in a lot of ways they're like a lot of these guys that were like jiu-jitsu world champions in 1996 yeah, you know? yeah but yeah. nobody really cared about jiu-jitsu yep. you know like now like punk there's punk rock bands that do great they make a bunch of money and they get noted, like people know who they are uh-huh. and um, anytime it's like a subculture you know whether it's punk rock jiu-jitsu yeah. skateboard or whatever surfing like it uh, it's the guys that really like the pioneers that really don't get recognized until later if, if ever Actually, this is a question that's been coming up a lot. This has been a topic that I've been discussing a lot on this podcast. Sure. Do you have any feelings about the Black Flag reunion? Um, I, 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 who's singing? Well, there's two actually. There's okay. One that has Ron Reyes. Okay. You know, who was uh, you know, Revenge, like that era. Yeah. Of the yeah, band. yeah. And then there's another version of the band just called Flag, and it's like Keith Morris and um, I want to say Des Kadeen is in, in that one. And uh, the guy, the guitar player, Steven Eggerts from uh, from Descendants. My my favorite Black Flag stuff is the Keith Morris stuff. So I'd probably be partial to that oh, one that if I had to pick. Yeah. Um, I saw them play with Rollins and Keith Morris. Oh they yeah. They split at Irving. Yeah, yeah. That that Rollins. A while ago. Thing. I was at that show. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. That was like uh, the West Memphis Three. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I remember. It was definitely like that kind of thing. Yeah. It was. That was cool as hell, man. I think. Um, like, I didn't like the Rollins Black Flag stuff. That's much. my favorite stuff. Is it? Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite I like stuff. The key, I like the more fun stuff. Like, yeah. 
uh, the Keith Morris stuff. And, uh, yeah. I wasn't like when I was a kid, I was more like the British punk rock stuff. Oh, really? Like the exploited, exploited and all that. Yeah. Like, one way system, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, I loved all that blitz I liked a lot. Yeah. Um, and then, like, when I was going to shows in New York, I used to go see that band, The Casualties, all the time. Actually, uh, yeah. They're all, like, I still think they're, they're all still awesome. around. Yeah, still they're around. still doing it. Like, I see, yeah. like, I saw, like, some of the guys in the show a little while ago, and, like, um, and, like, when I was a kid, I wasn't into, like, like super into hardcore and like now like like I'm buddies with all these guys that were in these like like John Joseph oh yeah he's right, always right. around yeah. yeah like so I go to see the Chrome Mags a lot but does he play. train no he does he does uh, Iron Man he just finished an Iron Man oh so he's okay that's cool you know, that's, he can't, that's awesome yeah I, I think if he, he just can't risk injury you know yeah um like Agnostic Front I love Agnostic Front Saw Vinny yesterday on the street. They're like some punk elements. Yeah, they're more yeah. punk, especially the earlier stuff. Yeah, like their first album was like punk, and then that second one, Cause for Alarm, is like a metal album. Almost, <laughs> you know what I mean? It sounds yeah, like they Exodus. Went, it went all the, the other direction. Yeah, yeah. They're they're super cool. The Bad Brains. Bad oh. Brains are like I think my like of like that that era. They're my favorite. Band. Yeah, they're they're so easily. they're the kings of that shit, man. Honestly, we did a rip off T-shirt. You know what? There's a kid that trains at my Muay Thai school that had that, sh- that shirt on. Oh, yeah. His name's like a Kai or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Kai? Kai, yeah, no yeah. Kai. I was like, I thought he That's had a guy. bad brain stick. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, man. And it's like, oh, yeah. And I go, yeah, yeah. Put Clockwork Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. like doing that. We did a Motorhead shirt, too. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's awesome, man. I like, you know, like, I like doing that. And I really like, like, the... The bad brains and like like the PMA concepts. Yeah, yeah. Like I got that tattooed on me. You know? Like I, I think I, I had like, one, but yeah, I got yeah. To cover it up. So yeah. It looked like some the one that I had was done like years and years ago, and it looked like I got it in jail. It's falling like, out. That or? was horrible looking, man. Damn, you got hugged now. And uh, it looked either like like I got it in jail, or it was like my you know like some like you know my my like gangster girlfriend's name or something. It just had this like. <laughs> sketchy like jailhouse look to it. it I'll show you mine <laughs> oh see that yeah. one's a nice yeah. one though my okay. boy uh, Troy Denning okay the invisible tattoo he yeah. did that yeah, for right, me please. he's a uh, he's a good artist man. we got a couple of the guys have it here like PMA tattoo yeah that, that's right I, I think it's we, I even put it on the sign nobody knows what it means probably but I put it on our well, sign the dudes, the dudes at the school know it yeah they know what it means yeah, yeah. yeah. are there um, a lot of like hardcore types of train here yeah or? there's uh who's this train here for a long time a kid the singer's name is Buddy from Senses Fail. Oh, yeah. I he was training guy. here. Gavin, obviously. Yeah. Um, John Joseph's nephew. Oh, really? <laughs> His nephew's training here for a while. There's a bunch of guys that come in and out. And like, oh, cool. When they're in town, they train. Um, but, yeah, man, I love, I love like, anytime I'm able to kind of, like, tie that, that punk rock kind of thing back into my school. Because that's what I, be- I believe in all that stuff a lot, you know? So that's... um. Yeah, we actually didn't even talk about that, really, is uh, the connection with punk in, in the school. Uh, for me, like, even the name and the logo, I wanted to be kind of more punk rock. It's kind of like a like Sex Pistols, like, ransom note kind of font. Yeah, kind of um, And then Clockwork. I, I like the name Clockwork a lot. I think there's, like, some punk rock. I like Clockwork Orange, but I'm not, like, a huge Clockwork Orange guy or anything. But I like Clockwork as, like, a metaphor for jiu-jitsu, like... Like clock seems like it's very simple. Like you watch jujitsu and you don't like you see someone good against someone who's not as good, and it's like, oh, he just yeah. turned him over and ripped on his arm, you know? Yeah. But like, there's so much going on. Like a clock, like the back of a clock, like a mechanical yeah, you look clock. At all, you know? all the gearing, all and the all gearing, and all this, yeah. all this other stuff has to be right. And uh, 
that's what I wanted with the name Clockwork, you know? Yeah, and I, then, I never understood that because I was just like, Clockwork Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. It sounds cool. Too. It sounds cool. <laughs> it sounds cool. <laughs> We're like, what the fuck is it? where's that guy coming from? Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't really understand it. That's what I, I like the idea of like, and you know, kind of like engineering too. Like you make a very seemingly very simple product yeah. or, or machine right. and there's just so much that goes into it. And that's, that's how jiu-jitsu is. Like even, even when guys get it, like you first get your blue belt, you look back on like how much mat time you had to put oh, in to dude. even get there. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, I'm a blue belt. And, so yeah, it's so like you I, know, like it yeah. took a long time. You know, took, took a lot, lot of work. work. Yeah, a lot of work to get to that yeah. point, you know. And the thing is, it's like that one of the things I really dig is like the fact that like you can still you can be a white belt and still be awesome though. Like there, yeah, man. Well, there are guys that train with us that are white belts and they're like amazing. You know, they're and and like they're a lot better than guys that don't train. That's 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 a good point. That's the real go. like like you don't really like with jujitsu. You don't realize how good you are at jiu-jitsu until you do it with someone who doesn't do jiu-jitsu. And then you're like, oh, wait, I'm kind of, I'm figuring this stuff out a little bit. Yeah. Especially if you're not like a super athlete when you start. Yeah. Um, wow. So I never, I never realized clockwork jiu-jitsu had like that sort of, that was the connection point. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Huh. The, uh, yeah, the sort of intricacies of, uh, of, of jiu-jitsu, clockwork font the font and also kind of it almost looks like the bars too a little bit yeah a little bit of that going on too right <laughs> yeah you know, so whatever you got a motorhead rip off shirt you got a bad brains rip off shirt you got bad brains rip off shirt we'll do another one we'll probably do another cool one this time i want to do an exploited one <laughs> that would be like awesome. the, the al- attack alternative yep yep like that cover i like or dead cities is a good cover or like uh not let's start a war that's kind of Maybe Punk's not dead. But I couldn't think of a clever thing. I tried for a while. Like, Jiu-Jitsu's not dead. But, like, no one's saying Jiu-Jitsu's dead. No one's saying it's dead. The Gi's not dead. Yeah, the Gi's not dead. That will be a good one. Yeah, I think Yeah, because, you know, everyone wants to be in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. Now, so. don't, don't steal that. Uh, nah, man, yeah. <laughs> no, the listeners. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> someone else's school. Gi's not dead. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Well, right on, man. Um, so this is super cool, man. Yeah, dude. You know, I'm trying, like, a lot of the podcasts is, you know, because, like, it's mostly, like, music stuff related. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've, I'm also super, you know, into martial arts. Like, I train, you know, Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu. And, and that's probably, at this point, equally, probably my time is spent equally between martial arts and, like, music and music-related cool. stuff. And, you know, and, and you mentioned the casualties. Like, yeah, my, yeah. my band has the same booking agent they do. Oh, really? Yeah, so I mean, you know, not like my band would ever, we would never be on the same bill. What's your band? It's called Tombs. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's, it's more like a metal kind of thing. Like like uh, like the Tombs? Or like where, well, you where know, people get buried? Yeah, like that kind of okay. thing. Okay, not know? like the jail thing. No, no, well, initially that's like, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's kind of like a cool, like it could be that, but, you know, it could just be this sort of ominous sounding, like, you know, yeah. sort of like, you know, apocalyptic like vibe sure. to it. And what kind of stuff is it? It's like uh, more, I would say... Uh, if you're familiar with the band Neurosis, yeah. like it's like take Neurosis and like maybe black metal and like, you know, swans and like sort of gothic kind of stuff and like put it all together and it sort of sounds like that, you know. And uh, that's what I mean. It's not, you know, even though we have the same agent as the uh, casualties, we probably wouldn't be sharing any bills with those guys. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Kind of different scene. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, some of the best, best times I had were going to like casualty shows yep. and like, Blank seventy seven. Yeah, up in, yeah, you know? totally, man. They were super like big influences on. It. I was like 
15 or 14, yep. I'd come into the city, we'd lie to our parents and say, we're like, oh, I'm staying at his house. He's staying at my, you know, and yeah. take the bus in, yep. and do the whole thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's, um, like I said, you know, half, um, half of it's like, you know, music related stuff, half it's like martial arts and like maybe there's another third that has to do with like, uh, I know that doesn't equal, equal 100, but yeah, <laughs> there's like You're sleeping, a portion, a portion of it is maybe, uh, you know, stuff related to overall like positive lifestyle stuff yeah, man. you know like training just like you know nutrition Eat good. training and, and that sort of stuff and you know a little bit of like kind of you know like more out of the box like spiritual kind of stuff cool. you know like you know not like uh not not necessarily religious stuff but sort of esoteric ideas about like you know life after death and like aliens and you know that kind of stuff like that's, that's so all the cool. shit that i'm into so that's kind of it's yeah. getting reflected into this thing you know but, you know, talking to Gavin's been, been a really good resource. That's how I got Daria on the, yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, Gavin knows so many people, man. Yeah, yeah, totally. He knows so many people. And he's such a helpful guy, man. He really likes helping people. I think that's like his his calling, you know? Yeah, it's just yeah to, totally, Just to man. be a helpful dude. He's an yeah. um, amazing, amazing strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, that's... Um, he got me in some of the best shape of my life. Like, I uh, Before I got injured, I was planning to start... Well, now that I'm, now that I'm recovered, I think I'm going to take him up on some of that... You know, like I was hoping to get it going to to Naga next month. Well, this month, okay. April. But uh, you know, I got injured back in, in January, and I'm like pretty shot right now as sure. far as conditioning. Need a little more goes. time. Yeah. yeah, I need a couple months to get my get back into shape and just you know start rolling again and that sort of stuff. You know, but uh, yeah, that was that that period of time when I was injured. It was like every day I'd wake up and I would just be like, Man, my knee's not quite there. Yeah. You know, and and uh, you know that was kind of like the sort of it that in and of itself was almost like like a sort of martial arts mental training kind of thing it, coming back from injuries it's one of the hardest things yeah I mean, know, it's definitely one of the hardest things in sports yeah you know have, having to having to think about it every day and having to realize like you know today's not a day that i'm gonna train and, but i will be back i don't know when i just got to take it day by day I, you know and realizing that eventually you get back to that point I think I think like a lot of people don't do this, but they should. Is like when when they're hurt, they should go to the school anyway. Well, that's what I, that's what I was doing. You go and you watch. Yeah, you right? watch. You're still and part you know, of the vibe. You can, like even just breathing that like humid air. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, part man. of it. Part totally. of it's like uh, yeah, it makes you better. And it, and I see guys sometimes like maybe six weeks after they've come back, they're way better than they were before the injury because they're able to watch and they're like and you. I find at least when I have a layoff of like two weeks, sometimes I go go, go home to my parents in San Diego, and I'll, I don't really train that hard there. I'll train once a day, train with my friends, like have fun, yeah, yeah. and uh, I get better because I'll lose bad habits, sure. you know. And I think I think that's something people overlook with respect to like an injury is like it's it's a chance to kind of step back and, and shake the bad habits. Yeah. Do you know Eugene Robinson? You know who that is. You know, I don't know him personally, but like I've read some of his stuff. Okay, he writes yeah. for Vice. He writes for Vice. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's he's been on the podcast too, oh, cool, actually. Cool. And I, I was actually right around the time, about a month into my injury, I was emailing him, and I was like, "Dude, I just like I'm injured. You know, like you know, I need someone to help me mentally get through this, man." And I'm like, you know, it feels like every single force in the universe is like lined up against me, trying to keep me off the mat. You know, and he's just like, "Dude." 
just go ride it out. PMA, dude. And he, PMA, man. <laughs> yeah. And he was saying, he's like, you know what? Even if you're just watching videos and going to class and watching class, like you're still better than not doing anything. Yeah, I think I think that's one thing people like. Uh, like the nice part about like like you have a big you go to a big school. This is a bigger school now, I guess. Yep. Uh, is you can like you're gonna have problems. Like you're gonna have guys whose guard you can't pass, sure. or someone who always passes. Whatever the thing is, you always get triangled by some yep. kid. And what you're able to do is is take a take a take a step back, and you'll be like, well, look, that guy's not getting triangled by yeah. him. Yeah, how do, can, how, yeah. What's he doing that I'm not doing? Yep. You know, and you can kind of take a look and figure stuff out. And I think that's something people don't do enough. Maybe, you know, is like just watch a little bit and watch the training and watch the the areas you have trouble with and see how other people succeed in those areas. That's what I tried to do. Definitely. You know, I mean, I was still going to class and still watching and still paying attention to everything. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, and I would stay for like two hours too. I wouldn't just like, you know, watch a couple of classes. It's like proper hangout. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. (laughs) Like a proper hangout. And uh, I think, you know, I think I, I was able to pick up because instead of like being on the mat, rolling with somebody, trying to, you know, pass their guard, you're actually watching a couple of different sessions, you know. Sure, Josh. Trying to be good. And, um, and you can pick up a lot of different things from that, too. And I was, you know, it, it still killed me not to be able to train, but it was like I feel like maybe the educational aspect of things, like I picked up a little bit more during that, you know. The guys who come and watch when they're hurt do way better on the comeback than the guys that don't. Cool. Because they just turn their head off almost. From yeah. the like maybe they're watching some videos at work when they don't want to do work, you know, uh-huh. but the reality is like you're here and you're, you're focused and you're watching the jujitsu and you know, if one round for it, yeah, you, you watch, watch a different guy. one yep. and, and you can really, you can really improve. Like that's how, that's one of the things that helped me really get a lot better. Jiu-Jitsu was like, uh, I watched this guy, Margarita. He was like, he's one of the best, I think one of the best jiu-jitsu guys ever. And I had a, a VHS tape. Okay. Because we're older, you know. We yeah, back then. Yeah. <laughs> and it was all his matches. Oh, from nice. blue belt to black belt. He won the absolute and his weight at the Worlds. And um, you watch how the same guy deals with all these different situations. And you also see how the same guy does the same thing almost from blue belt to black. Like, not a lot changes, which is very, like, eye-opening. Because I think a lot of people think, like, oh, well, that's a purple belt level technique. Oh, that's a black belt level technique. But they're just techniques. Like, yeah, definitely. You put the time in, you can be good at them. And, and you get to see how this, this guy did this whole thing. So you see, like, the rise. Well, I mean, if you think about it, even, even like, um, you know, like uh, Hicks and Gracie or whatever, that dude was submitting everyone on bars. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, you, know, you learn that in the first week of, of training. You know? Sure. So, I mean, it's just, you know, sometimes like that, like that, maybe that was the thing he latched onto when he first started and he just carried that through his whole career. You totally. Know? I think people like also, they, uh, it's not just jujitsu, it's everything. Everybody wants a shortcut. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's not a lot of shortcuts in jujitsu. No. Maybe you'll trick a guy with a move once, like like a gimmicky move, but you're not going to do it three times. Maybe you'll do it twice, but you probably won't do it three times. Like you, you have to build like a system that's, that's yeah. strong. And you can take it the whole way through. Yeah, that's kind of like, well, you know, one of the diff- one of the things is like the infinite number of sort of options that you have when you're when you're sparring jujitsu versus like maybe other martial arts. Yeah, I mean, like compare it to boxing, like yeah, or you know, Muay there's just Thai or yeah, there's just less stuff. Yeah, I mean, you have you know? kicks, you got knees, you got elbows, you got punches, and that's it. And there's combinations and, and like combos, and, and it's it's really hard. Like I'm bad at all that stuff. 
But what? But like with jujitsu, it's just I, I just think it's bigger. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And that's and it's more of like uh, almost creative in the way that you. Well, it is creative. It's like the same way. Like I mean, a lot of guys that play music are also into jujitsu, and I think that's not sort of accidental thing no yeah totally in a lot of ways you're expressing yourself through your techniques and the way that you your approach to it you know the and, same and way they constantly jiu-jitsu is so different now than when i started jiu-jitsu like i started jiu-jitsu 2001 and it's just like totally different yeah like like you watch you watch what the guys are doing now versus what they're doing then and it's it's really night and day yes. thank you, you sir you know really night and day man well, this place is awesome man. Yeah. cool man i'm glad yeah, yeah glad dude. you could check it out yeah we had a good hang man. yeah cool. most glad, most glad, most glad, glad to meet you too, yeah man. super nice to meet you man yeah, hell yeah good yeah. stuff i'll see you uh when's the next show our next show is uh new york is probably like um well we have something next week actually oh yeah out in brooklyn at this place called saint vitus okay and then after that, probably not until the fall. Okay. You know. Well, let me know. I probably can't make the next one, but let yeah, me know in the future. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's cool. Yeah. Super oh, yeah, cool, dude. Mike. Awesome, man. Heck yeah, dude. <laughs>